Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Geek Wave. This is the low-budget show compared to the high-budget shows where we take some pieces of news, we take a big discussion piece, and I leave you with a couple of recommendations of what you should be reading in your quarantine time. Today's main topic is the future, past, present. Overall, what do I want to see from the Ninja Turtle franchise going forward? This comes off the backs of Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird kind of returning to do the pseudo new story called The Last Ronin. I kind of gave some opinions on it in my last video, which was a toy video. And I'm going to take these glasses off for a sec because they need to be cleaned, but we're going to keep going. So I'm not really excited for The Last Ronin, whatever it's going to be, but we'll get into that in the main topic. But before we get there, we have a couple pieces of news we're going to talk about here. Not a whole lot. There's a couple items I left out specifically because I don't really want to get into them. That being the whole universal uh, trolls thing with Regal Cinemas joining the AMC bandwagon and not wanting to release universal movies. We're not going to talk about that. There's a lot of other channels you could see that are probably going to talk about that. And I'm not going to be one of them because I don't have a... I don't really care. I'm, I'm in Canada not going to affect me. We don't have AMC, and I think Regal owns Cineworld, which should be coming to Canada within the next year or so, but that might be put on hiatus now because of the whole stuff going on. Either way, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple other things here, and the first one we're going to talk about, let me get my notes out in the open here. Yeah, we got confirmation on Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, which is about LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, and this seems like it's right up someone's alley who is a 90s kid and who is very passionate about Space Jam, but is this relevant today? I mean, it's a popular movie, that first one, but this seems like a needless cash grab that a lot of people are just going to jump on because they liked the first one, and I really like Space Jam. I think it's a really, it works in a way that a movie shouldn't work in terms of the way it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit style with Michael Jordan in the Looney Tunes world. That works really well, and the meta humor, the Looney Tunes humor, it works pretty good for what that is considering it's a sports movie. But do we really want a sequel to this with LeBron James? I don't. I don't think this is needed. It, if it is needed, it's a couple years too late, like 10 years too late for it to be relevant. And this doesn't excite me for the property going forward. And I, I like the idea more that HBO Max is taking the Looney Tunes in a direction that's kind of class, like an homage to the classic stories, because they're doing a couple of new shorts on HBO Max, I think, if I read that right. They had a trailer show that. That's more exciting to me than doing a sequel to Space Jam. But then again, that's just what I think. Maybe somebody else is super excited for this. And if you are, let me know, because this might be something that a lot more people are interested in than I am. I mean, I don't have much to say on this, but Looney Tunes deserves higher praise up there. Look, there's properties, I've said it before, that deserve more praise than they're given. Looney Tunes is one of them. The Hanna-Barbera cartoons is one of them. Fraggle Rock is one of them. And the Muppets. If you are a young person under the age of, let's say, 20, because I don't know what my demographic is here. If you're under the age of 20 and you do not go back and watch some of those old stuff for all those cartoons you're doing yourself a disservice. You should go back and watch them. There's some great classic Scooby-Doo stuff, some great classic Muppet Show episodes. Fraggle Rock was great. You should go back and watch all those because it's worth it. And forget about Space Jam because that's not that's not a representation of the Looney Tune brand, I think. You should go back and watch Space Jam. And in another piece of news, this one's kind of exciting to me. 
Kevin Smith teased on his Instagram, or maybe he put it somewhere else too, but he got the script done for the Mallrat sequel. Again, another 90s property that's coming back in 2020. I'm a little more excited for this just because I know the kind of humor that Kevin Smith does. He makes his characters feel aged and different when he's doing something like this. It's called Twilight of the Mallrats. I hope it's interesting, and I hope it's not kind of like... Kind of one of my big problems with... um, Jane Silent Bob reboot was how they kind of said like the way of the big mall is going away. So how are you going to take a bunch of guys in their 40s going on to their 50s interacting in a mall when they know themselves it's falling apart? Maybe that's an interesting story. Is it going to be kind of like Goonies where they're trying to save it even though they're old men? What is Jane Silent Bob's role going to be in this coming off of the reboot movie? I don't know. I think it's very interesting. I'd love to see who he's going to get back in this movie any of the original cast, are we going to get some more Ben Affleck? Uh, we'll have to see. I, this is very exciting. I really do think this is more interesting than Space Jam, and we're just going to have to see where this one goes. I will say this, though. It does feel a little too late to do this, too, but I can get by with it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I also like, too, he said the script's like 98 pages, so if we go by the classic um, kind of rule, that one page of the script is one minute of screen time that's a quick hour and a half just over hour and a half movie so i like that that's a really good time for somebody like kevin smith and i can i can work with that i can definitely work with that and our last bit of news here we're going to talk about quickly is do we have the return of comic books it was kind of announced that may 20th is going to be when a bunch of stuff gets shipped a lot of the big companies like dc and marvel and image have released a statement for all their solicited books that are going to be coming out that time. I'd have to go back and check to see if these were the releases that were originally supposed to come out in the, was it the first or second week of April? I can't even remember anymore. That's how long it's been since we had comics. Or was it March these were supposed to come out? Which kind of sucks that it's been pushed back so long, but I get it. And I, I will talk about this too. I really do like the rumors or the idea that DC is working with a different distribution house than Diamond, it's been set, it's a, it's a dead horse, you know, it's been beaten to death so many times, Diamond is a terrible company that should not be the only monopoly on this industry. It's not a big industry either, but so I get why nobody's really trying to branch out and do something new if Diamond's been working for so long, but in all honesty, you gotta have another distribution house to get your books out. I think it would be easier if all the companies just did it themselves. Marvel published their own books. DC did their own books. All, everyone just did their own books. But I get how that wouldn't work for some of the smaller publishers. And Diamond, you order it through Diamond. It works for the most part. But it's good to have competition here because then it allows the companies to grow and do new things. So if DC is working through a new publishing house, I can't remember what they say it was. Was it related to Midtown Comics? I think it was somebody working with them. I think it's great. I think that's a great new innovative idea that I hope picks up and does something really cool because it could be really interesting to see the future of comic books from that perspective. I, for one, am excited to see where that could go. I really hope these books are good and they're worth the wait because nothing would be worse than having a bunch of mediocre books come out. And I know the finale to Deceased Unkillables was solicited, so that's at least something I'm going to pick up. I don't know what else is coming out that I was really interested in. And maybe I'll save it for another geek wave, but I'm going to talk about 
I I already talked. I already thought I was gonna do this for Dynamite Entertainment, which I I might do it too for Image. Just my favorite Image books and the books I think look interesting enough to check out. And then I'll do that for Diamond 2, but we'll save that for now. And that's a later topic. But The Return of Comics, May 20th, around that time. Perfect. It excites me. I cannot wait for that to return. And I hope hope it's good. I hope, too, that DC figures out what they're doing with Diamond in relation to their Midtown Comics list there. So we'll have to see what happens there. But that is all the news we have this week. Of course, there's a bunch of more stuff that dropped that I'm not going to cover. And you guys can get over it. So let's jump in to our main topic. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this is our main topic for the day, and this is something I was very excited to talk about when it was announced because I have super, super big mixed feelings on it. So if you guys haven't heard the news, it's been announced that original creators of the Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, are working on a new book, which should be coming out. I think it said mid-June it was supposed to be coming out which is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Now, what this book is, imagine if we took the future from a dystopian science fiction world where there's pollution and everything sucks and it's Mad Maxian and everything's so dark and bleak, and we put that into the world of the Ninja Turtles. First off, it's an interesting idea. One that I haven't really... Okay, one that surprised me that they haven't done before. I know the 2012 cartoon kind of did it a little bit where they did that homage where the turtles are older in the future. Raphael has a beard for some reason. Donatello's a robot. I know in the 2003 cartoon, they had one episode where Donatello gets lost through time. He goes to the future. Michelangelo's missing an arm. Leonardo looks like Blade. Everything's weird there. But a full-on story that is about their future has never been really done before other than like a passing, fading episode. So it's kind of exciting. It's a five-part miniseries with 48 pages in each book. Okay, that's kind of cool. I like that they're giving this an actual big idea and a big feeling like that. That excites me more than everything else they've announced. I will say this. Original creators coming back, that's really cool. I think that's a great idea. I'm so glad it's happening. I cannot wait to see what they do because they know how to write these turtles. And they've described it as an homage to everything in turtle lore coming before it. Okay, that's interesting. I don't know if I like that because I would say some of the bad stuff involving the Ninja Turtles came from their decisions, you know? Like, the original Mirage comics run is i think more what they're trying to homage here they're trying to get that feel back i know eastman has worked on the idw series which is kind of exciting too because he obviously did a lot of new innovative stuff in that run giving us new characters giving us new stories for them giving us new interaction with those characters so here's what we know so far eastman and laird are doing it five-part miniseries dystopian future one turtle is alive one turtle's alive. Not sure if that's true or not. I read an article just now from, I think it was Geek Tyrant. I'll, I'll link it below if I can find it again. But it says three of the turtles are going to be dead. So we're going to focus on one turtle. Um, No, thank you. I don't want that at all. I mean, why would I want to see that? Why would I want to see a future where these four brothers who are the core central theme of your entire story because together they make up one functioning unit, the leader, the brains, the muscle, the wild factor. And by wild factor, I mean the loose cannon. And by loose cannon, I mean the funny guy. 
Together they function perfectly. Why would I want to see a grim, dark story where three of them are dead and we're functioning with one guy who's probably going to be Leonardo or Raphael? Let's be real here. It's not going to be Michelangelo or Donatello because it's a grim, dark story. We're not going to do anything with those guys. Why would I want to see a story with Leonardo depressed and upset that his brothers are dead and dystopian future who's unhappy with the world he lives in because of some stupid thing he did in his past that we're probably not going to touch on for the most part? I, I hate this idea. I really don't like what this book represents, but I like what it could be. I like the title, The Last Ronin. You don't need that kind of story, though, for a Ninja Turtle book. That's not what you want here. I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, though. I have said numerous times the Ninja Turtles do not need to be dark and gritty. They can get to some serious places, but they shouldn't be this hardcore, dark, mysterious, we're killing people, we're, you know, sleeping with April kind of weird shit. You don't need that. You never have for these characters. Their core, the reason these characters are popular is because a frickin' toy line. That is the only reason these characters are well known across the world. A toy line and a cartoon that was colorful and gave them purple and orange and blue bandanas. That's the only reason they're popular. They fight a warthog and a rhinoceros. They're not supposed to be dark and scary. So that's why that's why I don't like when people say we need a dark edgy reboot of the Ninja Turtles. No, you don't. Your most successful runs of Ninja Turtles, just in terms of cartoon or movies or comic books, are when they are lighthearted but take themselves seriously. Look at the 1990 movie. Master Splinter is kidnapped for most of that movie, and we have, like, the best scene in all of Ninja Turtles is when they're having their Force Ghost moment, looking up at their father, who is, like, projecting himself to them, and they start crying. But then we go right into the scene where everything's cute and fun, and they're making jokes about Casey Jones being claustrophobic. You Right? There's some actual serious moments in there. But it's not dark. We're not seeing Master Splinter get mutilated and tortured. We're not seeing the like devastation being pulled from these brothers because they can't have their father. We're having a serious moment and they're connecting as one. The turtles only work when they are all together. It's like the Fantastic Four. And it's like the Transformers. You don't want to see one of them. You want to see them all together. So the last Ronin just being about one of them... I don't think that's a good idea at all. And it's not even just that movie. You look at the 2003 cartoon, which is the one I grew up on. They're always making jokes. They're always having fun with each other, but it takes itself seriously. The, the storyline where Leo tries to take on the Shredder by himself and he gets badly injured and you see the rage that's built up between Raphael. I think it's brilliant. It's beautiful writing. Some great ninja stuff too. You go even to the Michael Bay stuff, which we won't talk about for a lot here, but that is where I think a lot of the problems start to take place because that is the that is a reaction to the success of Transformers. That is a reaction to the success of the MCU. So we'll come back to that in a sec. So you have the 2003 run. It was really good. It took itself seriously. It kind of fell apart at the end, but whatever. You go to Turtles Forever, which is that animated movie with the 1990s, or the 1980s one, fighting the 2003 ones. It took itself seriously. We saw the destruction of a lot of worlds there. So that happened. And the 2012 one, which is one I haven't watched a lot of and been a big factor in. I, I don't know a lot of it. But I do know in moments it knew when to take itself seriously, which was a lot of the stuff that happened with 
the Shredder and Splinter's relationship and that leading into the stuff with Karai, that a lot of that was serious in nature and so interesting and compelling to see. That is the kind of stuff that you need to do. You don't have to do this. We're in a dystopian future. Where are we going to go? Who are our characters? Is Casey alive? Is April alive? I think they said 2040 is when this takes place. So if they are teenagers in 2020, so let's say they were born in 2005. So they're 15 in 2020 and it's 2040. This is taking place. They would be like 35. Okay. How old would Casey be? How old are we saying Casey is here? How old are we saying any of these other characters are like April or Baxter Stockman or the Shredder or Master Splinter? How old are they? I don't I don't know if we're going to get into that. I don't need to see a melodramatic story that's going to be like, here's Leonardo. He's not happy. He's trying to find something to save someone. That's not interesting. Let's do something real and cool here. And here's my best example of for you guys of a serious nature that doesn't get dark. Do you remember the 2007 animated movie called TMNT? I've talked about it here before. You can see one of my older videos. That is how you do a serious Ninja Turtle movie with having the heartfelt moments we want in them. Ninja Turtles is a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's fun. It's colorful. Our characters are all distinct and unique. But underneath that all, there is a core basis that keeps them all together, that keeps them in a state of just relaxed calmness when they're around each other when on their own they'd probably be worse people you can't have michelangelo cracking jokes if you don't have Raphael responding to them in a weird way you can't have leo as the leader without Raphael being like the negative energy that's pushing it forward you can't have the brain of donatello without that drive and that push to be equal to his brothers in a way that isn't just physical strength it's intellectual strength they all work together. You have to have them together. And you need the fun, bubbly stuff that of Guardians of the Galaxy. That is when they work the best. That is why the Michael Bay movies didn't work, because you focused on the wrong things, and you tried to make it too different from what would have worked. You could take those designs. Say what you will about the designs. You could take those designs. You could take those characters, the actors, everything in those movies, and if you change it just a little bit, where you focus on the Turtles' relationship to each other, Instead of like the weird, here come the foot doing something weird. We got a big truck with nunchucks. Megan Fox is cute. She named us. You can do something really good. Like you really could. I th there's something really good there to be said that hasn't really been said. But back to the 2007 animated series. That's how you do it. We are looking at them. We're a little more mature now. I would say, I don't know if it's specified, but I'd say they're no longer the 14 to 16 year old range. They're in the later teens. They're like 18 and 19. They have grown up. They need to find themselves out. And they're trying to figure out who they are on their own without their brothers around. Leonardo is scared and frightened of being the leader if he fails them. So he runs away. Raphael is, has so much pent-up rage and anger, he still needs to be the hero, so he dresses up as the Night Watcher, and he does that for a long time. Donatello goes into telecommunications because he just wants to you know, help people and be secure in that regard. And Michelangelo starts delivering pizzas in a costume because he needs to make an income. The Turtles separate are miserable and unhappy. Why would we want an actual book about that? It's only when, in the 2007 animated show, when they come back together, do we really see things pick up and how serious we can get with the return because everyone starts to care about each other again everyone starts to love each other again 
things are actually working out for the best for our characters. You guys really need to watch the 2007 cartoon. I'm telling you, it's really good. It's really good. All right, so let's talk about this for a brief second. I got a couple more things I want to bring up about the Ninja Turtles. First off, let's talk about this. Where do we want this franchise to go in the future? And do we want it to go in the direction of the last Ronin? I don't. Like I said that already, I don't want to see that. And if we're doing another movie or TV show or if we're rebooting the comic book, I want to see it in a different direction than some dark, gritty stuff. I still think you do a Gardens of the Galaxy type story for it and it works. I heard there, I think there are rumors that we are might be doing something on Netflix in regards to these characters. I don't know if that's true, but look, if they're doing a Transformers thing, if we're getting a reboot of a G.I. Joe movie, it makes sense that doing the Ninja Turtles again would work, and we're probably going to go in a far-off direction from what we've seen from Out of the Shadows in 2016. So I could definitely see us doing a little bit more of a comedy thing with the Turtles. I think if we're going to do another movie... We should wait to see how something like Scoob does, because maybe we could do that kind of animation, because animation, I think, lends itself great to the Ninja Turtles, gives them a distinct look, gives them a great presence, and a great way of dealing with threats. You could do some cool mutants, some cool monsters, more than you could with CGI, but I always, I definitely understand why somebody would want to do a live-action one. I would argue this, that doing something like Into the Spider-Verse with Ninja Turtles would be really cool, an Into the Turtleverse kind of thing where we see different versions of the characters through different time periods, through different history of them, and have it all kind of connect into one. That kind of animation could work really well there too. And I'd love to see something like that going forward in, in a unique style of that regard. But if if we do what I think the rumor says of a Netflix show that's live action, I do not want it to be dark. I I know it's weird to say, but there's that huge thing. Where it's like, oh, we'll have them be real ninjas. They're gonna be all in the shadows, and we can't see them, which makes sense if you need to if you need to save money because you can't animate them or use the costumes all the time because they don't look so great. But you don't need to do that for Ninja Turtles. I'm telling you now, they don't have to be dark. Like I said, their best stories are when they are serious. And in a serious mixed with the dark stuff. Because when you get too serious, it loses a lot of the fun of what it is. And it starts just being another parody, another story that a lot of people aren't going to like. And I'm sure there are fans that want their turtles to be hardcore and killing people and murdering. But those are the same people that don't understand that most of Batman's life he has had a Robin and been a very kind of comic booky, flashy guy until Frank Miller took over. And I don't like Frank Miller. I don't like his writing. I don't like The Dark Knight Returns. I don't need the Frank Miller version of my turtles, which is what the last Ronin feels like. It feels like that kind of a future. I don't want to see that. And if you guys are interested in what I'd love to see, I've been kind of workshopping this idea for a while now. And I think I'm going to... I'll show up, I'll show a flash up on the screen here when I get it all edited. And it's this project I'm working on. I still don't know if I was going to do it. I was working on this for a long time. And then I was like, oh, they announced a future version of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, maybe I won't do mine then. But I have a version called Echoes from the Lost Dimension, the last TMNT story. And basically what it is, it's my interpretation. It'd be like a spoken word podcast where I talk, I read out a story I wrote. You'll hear it on the podcast feed. You'll hear it on here. It's just me talking or reading aloud the story I wrote, which would be considered the last Ninja Turtle story. 
And just to give you an idea of what it is, so if you guys want me to continue to do this property, let me know because I'd love to talk about it. Basically what it is, is I would talk about the story, but it's kind of like, what if there was a big threat that happened when they were teenagers and the 30 years down the line, it comes back to haunt them. The threat is related to Krang and Dimension X or Dimension Zero, which is the lost dimension, and how it affects mainly Donatello. Donatello is my favorite Ninja Turtle. How does it affect him in a way that has left him emotionally damaged and scarred for most of his life? And what I like to compare this to, and I don't, I mean, I don't want to say I know better than Eastman and Laird. I don't want to say that. But what I think my idea of the Ninja Turtle future compared to theirs is mine feels like an actual homage more than it is a cash grab, something gritty that's going to sell people on this. Mine the story I've been writing, and it's kind of, it's so far, I think it's like an eight-part to ten-part story, where we are going through each and everything that happens in the Ninja Turtle lore. We're talking about the mutants, we're talking about the ninjas, we're talking about space, we're talking about time travel, and superheroes, and characters from different spans of their history, all emulating to this one thing, where now we have a different future for these characters where they're older, they have families, they have children, but the repercussions of their youth are still coming back to haunt them. That is a better story to me. And again, I might be biased here because I wrote it, or maybe just because I don't like what the last Ronin represents to Ninja Turtles history. That to me seems more like a, a closing of a book, like the end of a story, than here's one turtle left alive and we're just going to reference things you remember. And we'll have to see how that goes. So if you guys want me to still continue to do my Echoes of the Lost Dimension story, I would love to do it on here. I think I might. Because I, I love the turtles. I do love them. And I've said it before, there have been so many good interpretations of these characters over the years. More than there are bad ones. Like, you say what you will, the Mirage comics serve their purpose. They are not my favorite part of the history. Same with the IDW comic books. And I, I it's weird to say because they come from comic books. But I think they are better in a cartoon on the television. That's what I think where they've shined the most. The 80s cartoon has really proven you could do campy, silly fun of them. It's an 80s property. You're going to go there no matter what happens. 2003 proved something else with them. We can take this more seriously and have fun with it and tell a really cool story in a different direction for a new generation. And the 2012 stuff, too, is just like that 2003 series where it's for a different generation. The characters all feel the same. We're going to get different beats from stuff we already know, but you're going to enjoy it in a different way from the other stuff. The animation's different. It's beautiful. It's cool. And we're not going to talk about the next mutation. It was a mistake. We know that. A lot of the 90s movies are kind of iffy for the most part. I like them. The Michael Bay stuff, iffy. I I like it more than most. I, I said that before. I like it more than most, even though I, I know there's issues with it, but I still have a fun time with that in a lot of ways. So I, I can't fault it for that. So do I want another? I don't know if I want another comic book from this. And it's weird to say because I feel like a Ninja Turtle comic book is kind of also a staple of the Ninja Turtles history. I am so not caught up on the IDW stuff. I'm so far behind on that. And I just don't want to go back and read it because there's just so much of it. And for the most part, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. I am somebody who is okay with Jenica being a turtle and whatever's going on with her there. I think that's kind of cool. Better than Venus de Milo because it just felt better than her. I don't know. 
there's so much just confusing stuff in the turtle history and the last Ronin, I don't think from what we've seen and what I've read isn't going to encapsulate what I want from that history. And I'm not saying I'm better than the creators for my kind of idea for a future for the turtles. I'm just saying what I'm saying. And so what do I want? Okay, let's talk about this now too. What do I want from a TV show on turtles right now? I kind of talked about what I want with the movie, with the Spider-Verse stuff, with the animation. But if we are saying, okay, Netflix is giving you like $100 million. You are doing like a Witcher, a Glow. You are doing a big budget thing for Netflix. Here's your money. Where would you take the Turtles? I take them kind of like you did something. Oh, I don't know. What's a, what's a good example on Netflix? That I'm thinking, I don't want to say Umbrella Academy just because that's kind of more like X-Men. But I'm thinking something. You know who these characters are. We, we're not doing an origin story. We're not saying, oh, here's how April meets them. Here's how Casey meets them. Here is just a moment in time with these characters that you love and you know. I would say you have it be fun and interesting. Maybe you do a little more like the TMNT animated movie where they're kind of mature and the brothers are still trying to figure themselves out when they're on their own. Because I really do love that story. And it's one of my... I say this all the time, if you want to see an insight into how Leonardo should be written as a character, you need to watch TMNT. It's a great Leonardo story. The way he interacts with Raphael in their fight scene, he's like, I was trying to be better for you, but I abandoned you because I got scared and coming back is the hardest thing I had to do. It's a great story for that character. And I think you could emulate something like that into a TV show. Maybe Leonardo went away to train and he comes back and he has to figure out how to be a part of this family again. Or you could do something in regards to like the origin of the IDW book where Raphael is missing and they kind of have to find him on the streets and he's alone and that's how he meets Casey. That's a really great reboot of the origin too, I have to say. I really do like what that is too. You take these characters in a personal way that you did with something like Umbrella Academy. And I said it, I know I said it, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the interpersonal relationships in both of those series, it really shows you how these characters function together better than they do apart. They, they have different personalities that clash, but when they clash, it's how you get the most beautiful and interesting art from all everybody involved. So I would say you do Guardians meets Umbrella Academy for an actual live action show. Like I said it though, I don't want a live action show from this. I want an animated thing that takes itself seriously. Kind of like, I don't want to say Castlevania because it's too hardcore, but... If you can mash Castlevania up with something maybe a little more like Adventure Time, it could work. Something there could be really cool to see. I don't know if it would make sense. We'll have to wait and see if that could be interesting. But no, that's what I think you could do with something like that. And the future of Turtles, it's it's going to be strong no matter what happens here. I don't Whether The Last Ronin is received well or negatively... There's still going to be turtle content to come out. It surprised me we haven't done an, another reboot of it yet because we've rebooted G.I. Joe now. That's coming. We've rebooted Transformers. That's coming. I'm amazed Turtles hasn't got it again in the big screen. And it, I, when I say I don't get it, I can kind of understand why because it hasn't made a lot of money and there's been a lot worse Ninja Turtle movies than there have been good ones. And you guys can fight me on that. There's like two good Ninja Turtle movies. And they got some really good documentaries. <laughs> but I don't I don't know. Is that what you guys want to see? And 
they could be really fun, right? So here's where we're going to end with the discussion with the Ninja Turtles stuff. I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions. You can answer them in the comments. Where do you want to see this go? Would you like me to do my Echoes of the Lost Dimension story? And are you excited for The Last Ronin? And what do you want to see from that? And we'll end with this too. I'm going to give you guys a couple of my personal ideas of where to take the Ninja Turtle franchise. If you are going to reboot it, these are just some ideas I had floating around. And they could just even be a comic book a comic book or a TV show, just a little, just a little something to throw in there. I really want, I really want to do a story that's just the origin of Hamato Yoshi and Oroku Saki, and the way those two are from different clans or different feuding areas of a, a Japan-based story, fighting over the same woman who has a daughter. Maybe we don't know if the daughter belongs to Hamato or Oroku. I think that could be really cool. It takes the character seriously in a different way. At the end of that movie or that story, we could see how, you know, Hamato Yoshi becomes Master Splinter and then he's forced to go or he's forced to go to New York. Then he becomes Master Splinter and that's how we see the turtles. I would love to do that kind of a story. I think it'd be really interesting and something nobody would expect from the franchise. And also, let's go back in time. I have a kind of I have a kind of a pitch too that I think I was going to do after I did the Echoes of the Lost Dimension where it's set in 1922 and the turtles are kind of hiding on the streets. There's like a rat killer, they call him the Rat-Faced Killer and he's going around killing a bunch of these lower life citizens in New York City and then this wealthy Japanese business owner comes in. His name is Oroku Saki and he comes in to kind of solve the crime in there and take over the city kind of like that which could be really cool and echoes of the lost mutation is my other idea and i i love the turtles i really do i might come back and do another part of this story where i talk about what is the best interpretation of each character i kind of mentioned in here 2007's tmnt is the best interpretation of leonardo to date and i will stand by that till the day i die or till the day something better comes along but I could even go into more depth on that. I could go into more depth of how like the 2003 cartoon is a great raft story. It's the best master splinter. How the 2000, how the 2012 series really shows Donatello coming into his own. I could do all that kind of stuff. And I might come back and do that. But this was about the future of the turtles. What I wanted from the last Ronin. And what I liked about the property overall. And you don't need to do dark. You don't need to do dark. Guardians got dark at times, but it was still really fun. All I'm saying is, Ninja Turtles, stay positive, stay bright. You don't need to be depressing and dark and crazy. You don't, and you shouldn't. As always, I like to end things off with a couple of recommendations for you guys. So that's what we're going to do here and now. And let's make them turtle-themed. So my recommendation for a movie for you guys to watch is TMNT, the 2007 animated movie. Great voice cast. Chris Evans and Sarah Michelle Gellar as Casey and April, respectively. Patrick Stewart is in there, too. And if you guys are in the mood for watching something on Netflix, check out The Toys That Made Us. It's a great documentary that chronicalizes and just talks about the history of important and impactful toy companies and toy licenses that have shaped the future and have really shaped popular culture to that aspect, too. 
and they really they, t- they have a whole episode in season three that's dedicated to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think everyone should go check it out. It's really fun to see that. And if you're going to go read a book, start with the first couple of volumes of the IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'm always curious to see how people react to that story, if it's their favorite interpretation of the characters or not, and what they want to see from that. So thank you guys for watching this video. And before we go, I have one more thing to say. You can head over to my Instagram and you could see all the topics for the next and upcoming episodes of GeekWave. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings on them, what you'd want to see first, what you'd like to expect from those shows. And you can message me on Instagram about those. All the information for that will be in the description below. But you can also go to my Patreon for exclusive content. You can go to check me out on Twitter. Like I said, Instagram. You can email me for topics for the Geek Wave. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Ninja Turtles in general and what you thought of this episode. I was kind of iffy on it because it's kind of late in the day for me here. I didn't really plan to do this one, so just kind of came naturally so thank you guys for watching and i'll catch you in the next episode of geek wave or in the next review on this channel stay tuned for that i'm thinking maybe ryan murphy's hollywood later gators